Rugby KO, a podcast that pulls no punches. We deliver rugby insights from passionate enthusiasts from the grassroots to the global game. Players, punters, professionals and partners providing uncensored opinions on how the sport of rugby can thrive again. Welcome to Rugby KO with your host, Katrina Oxenham. Today I talk to Peter Harding, the current CEO of the Tongan Rugby Union. Peter is currently in Australia, stuck here, following the devastating volcanic explosion that has dissipated the islands of Tonga. Prior to his current role, Peter was a high-performance consultant for World Rugby, which included roles with Namibia Rugby, Rugby Asia, and reviews of the Pacific Rugby player talent from 2016 to 2021. He was General Manager of High Performance for Tongan Rugby and the National SNC Manager for the Wallabies from 2008 to 2012. He is joined today in the podcast by Todai Kefu, who is a Tongan-born ex-Wallaby and now National Coach of the Tongan Rugby Union. He was arguably the best number eight Australia had seen and earned 60 caps playing for Australia. We talk about the crisis in Tonga, how our rugby community can assist and we also talk briefly about the strategic direction of Tongan rugby moving forward. Please help Tonga as a nation, our Pacific neighbours, where you can. I have put the GoFundMe page link in the show notes and you can contact the Red Cross, Youth in Union or me directly on my website, rugbyko.com, for further information about how we, as a global rugby community, can help Tonga repair. Yeah, all, all safe from what my mother's been telling me. She's been in contact with them. So we're grateful that they're all safe and fortunate that, yeah, no casualties from our family. Perfect, yeah, thankfully. Peter, welcome to the Rugby KO podcast. You are currently the CEO of the Tongan Rugby Union. I mean, you're joined today with Todd Kefu. We want to have a quick chat to you, you know, in general about the Tongan Rugby Union, but also, of course, can we please talk about the disastrous volcanic eruption that happened Last week in the Hunga Tonga Hunga Hapai volcano, which the Tongan government has recently said that decimated and affected almost 85% of the country. Yeah, there's no doubt. I talked to my wife actually while it was happening. She was driving and then it cut out. So I had a pretty good idea what was happening. We couldn't get in touch for probably two or three days. So we knew they were safe, but we didn't know what was happening after that. We eventually, we've got some phone connections through an Australian company now so we can get onto them. We had a couple of calls through satellite phones and it, it does seem like where we live, it has been pretty well decimated. The biggest effect was obviously on the coastline and the west coast where it was just completely wiped out. Other areas were inundated in the main town and there was a lot of damage. But the, I think what, what we're going to find out is the biggest effect is going to be the ash and the acidity in the air. I did get a little bit of actual internet connections and my son showed me what had happened at our house and around the local area and basically every single plant except the coconut trees was dead. For, for a country that is reliant on sort of farming and most people have a plot of land where they grow vegetables and there are very good Chinese market gardeners there, 
the, the food supply is going to be severely affected. The fresh food supply is going to massively affected. Apparently, that will be the fish are, are going to be affected as well. So, people, you know, most of the people would get say protein sources from fishing. I haven't heard anything there yet, but from what everyone's saying, that that's been severely affected by what happened as well. So, while we talk about rugby and Toto and talking about rugby, but so seventy percent of our conversation is about how we can target some help to get up there over the next probably two or three months. Of course, yeah. And, and Todai, what about your family and friends there in Tonga? Is everybody okay? Yeah, fortunately, everyone's come through it okay. They're all safe. I think they, there's no damage to their houses, so they, they're very lucky. Yeah, we're grateful that everyone from our family is safe. Oh, that's a relief, Yeah. And listen, there's a population there in Tonga of around 100,000 people and you've coordinated some assistance already for the island with the Youth in Union. Can you tell us a little bit about how, what's happening at the moment and how people can help extend that assistance and even throughout the strong rugby community here and, and providing support to the rugby community and others, of course, there? We're looking at it at two levels. We've got like, some good support from the major organisations and we're trying to set up a trust fund so that we can uh, assist in well, basically rebuilding not rugby but sporting facilities and, you know, sport's good for health but also good for mental health. And the, I can tell talking to people over there now, they got, some people are going to need a bit of a lift because there's a lot of hard work ahead. So they're the, the big donations are going to come or the big... The area we're working on with Sanzar and Six Nations and stuff, hopefully that comes off if we get all that together. If people in, the, say, the normal rugby community want to help, we've talked to Youth and Union to coordinate a response there. They, they regularly send rugby equipment over to rugby clubs, so they have an existing logistical network. So we had used them a lot before because they're very efficient. So what we did was got, we got straight onto them. So we've got two levels of that. If people want to give funds, they have a GoFundMe account. Now that's going to be used for, say, containers and shipping costs, etc. because we also have donations from France and England as well. And if they want to give goods, food, etc., we'll, we'll be able to get the goods and the uh, food into the containers and we have... Tongan rugby staff will be working on distributing that to the places in most need because it's okay to send stuff, but as we found out with Samoa when they had their tsunami, once it actually gets there, we've got to be able to distribute it to people. Sometimes that's the difficult part is at the other end, but we will have people looking after that at the other end as well. Yeah, well, that's encouraging and that's great to know. So if perhaps people want to contact directly Youth in Union or I'm happy to sort of direct people through at katrina at rugbyko.com and direct them through to Youth in Union and we can assist where we can throughout the rugby community. So the shipping obviously is a big part of that. I mean, obviously the governments are helping in relation to, you know, clean drinking water, et cetera, and some food supplies. So is it clothing? Is it is it the GoFundMe page that is more important or just all of it is going to help rebuild the country? I, I think you've hit on a very important point. We don't want to contrast or, or get in the way of what the disaster agencies are doing and they seem to be doing a good job with um, water, et cetera, and other areas, I don't know, I'm sure they are, the medical equipment and all that sort of stuff. I know that the New Zealand Tongans are very well organised and they've started doing their thing. So for Australian rugby fans, whatever they want to do, I mean, we don't want secondhand clothes and stuff. We could, we could have some of that. I think anything would help. 
But at this stage, if they could get some money into the GoFundMe account so we could secure the shipping, then that would be the start. Then we'd looking at starting on how we get the goods across there. You know, whether any anything we can take that would assist would help at the moment because there's a lot of people without stuff over there at the moment. And you're encouraged with those people on the ground that are getting it to the communities that need it. You're encouraged by the Tongan rugby community. We'll get it where it's needed. Yeah, definitely. As I said, that the... We can. It's easy to get stuff together and send it over there, but how are we going to get it out there? We need people at the other end. We do have people that will be able to distribute it, yeah. If we get a, an awful lot of equipment and uh, goods to be sent over there, then we'll probably just end up, we will get the assistance of the Red Cross to help us out as well. Great. And, Toto, what what's the emotional impact on the families and the villages and the communities there? You know, this is obviously devastating what are the people there what are they going to struggle with oh look i think i think there's a fair amount of people are displaced and also as peter mentioned there's low low drinking water so foods we we rely a lot on our on the land to feed ourselves so that now has been compromised so i think in the coming weeks that that food shortage is is going to be a a, a bit of a real problem even looking further ahead getting the people who are displaced getting a proper shelter or even starting construction on their on their houses is still a fair way away so there's a fair bit of worry from families overseas about fa- about their families on on island in regards to those three things so i think aid's helping you know there's still issues with air freight and the shipping does take a while so i think the sooner that they can they can start sending stuff to their own families, the, the better. Because I think these problems are going to go on for, this isn't going to go away, you know, in a week or so. It's it's um, it's going to take months and months to rebuild. And you've got a lot of people probably don't know there are a lot of smaller islands that belong to Tonga. And a lot of those islands had are also decimated and quite remote with small communities on them waves reportedly up to 15 metres high in some of those islands and they've been you know gravely impacted by this tsunami is does will the support be able to extend to all of those communities as well the the government's in the middle of repatriating the people from the smaller islands back to Tongatapu, the main island to ensure that they're safe i don't know if you did see any of the pictures of a few of the islands and what the people went through but it was like it's like it's mind-boggling they are being repatriated back to uh, Tongatapu and being looked after as best they can at this stage. And when they start rebuilding their houses, we, uh, we don't probably know. It's a bit too early now, but the government is working as hard as they can to get them back to the main island to look after them. And, Peter, am I correct then in saying that your wife and child are still in Tonga and you're here in Australia? Because of border closures, because of what's happening in New Zealand, etc., we had a tour in November and we couldn't get any real representation from staff up there. So I had to go up as a representative of the union and manage the tour. And because of the issues with COVID around getting home and getting through New Zealand, I haven't been able to go back. And now this has happened, I think it's going to extend my stay a little bit longer, unfortunately. Yeah. I really do want to get back. Uh, I think one thing people have don't realise in Australia is that the majority of people would rely on rainwater from tanks and probably all tanks in Tonga have been, well, 90 from 9% of them 
the water in there is no good anymore and they're going to have to get their tanks cleaned out because of the acidity and the ash and stuff like that. That's going to really affect the way people live. Small things like that, getting ash off roof, people working on all that sort of stuff. I want to get home and help with all that sort of stuff, but I, I, I just can't get home at the moment because of the situation. Yeah, how, how difficult for you. And you, But your family, your wife and child are okay, they're safe at the moment? We were lucky our house wasn't affected in the little area we were and our neighbours weren't affected. So they can get up with just cleaning up the ash, which mm-hmm. when you actually do get it on the phone and have a look at it, it's pretty quite phenomenal. You were talking about this thick on the ground, you know. Yeah. So they're just a talk to my wife yesterday. She was cleaning up outside the house and on the footpath and stuff like that. And it's just going to be a very, very long way back. And at the moment, as I've said, they've got nothing and most of the plants and food have died and the fish aren't there, so Mm -hmm. any sort of help. My disaster agencies are doing a good job, but if people could get some tin food together for the youth in union, we can send some food up some way, you know, like something that'll last, that'll help. Yeah, right. What I'll do is put something on the website and extend this conversation to, you know, really document what people can do from putting together, you know, non-perishables, donating to the GoFundMe page, you know, contacting either through me or directly with the Youth in Union and just get this moving because there is a lot of power in the, you know, the strong rugby communities all around the world and, you know, in Australia and Tonga's out, obviously our close neighbour and Todd, I know that you have a, a lot of people here really, you know, have a lot of love for you and what you've done in the Australian rugby community. So I'm sure we can get a lot of support for Tonga and we'll try and do that very quickly. You know, it's so important, as you say, the timing of it is is so vital. Is there anything else, I mean, that immediately we can do or other avenues that people can be directed towards? I think if people are unsure in terms of donations and and what they can give the red cross a really simple way they can donate and red cross are there already so i think that's probably one of the quickest ways that they can actually help the people on on the island is to use um, red cross as a donation base yeah and if you look at the new zealand high commission in tonga's facebook page there are there are avenues there to get help to the people immediately yeah yeah, yeah. the the way we're using youth in union is people are, are offering goods and services so that was something that was going to be probably aimed at maybe a month down the track, yeah. you know, at the at second wave of, of uh, help. Yeah. But Red Cross are the best way to get money there directly at the moment. And I think some um, money transfer sites, if you're dealing with individual families, there's money transfer sites have actually opened up again and have started working. They have connection. So if they want to get cash to individual families and stuff, have a look at money trip like Western Union and areas like that because they're, they're starting to work again. So um, in relation to the GoFundMe page, there's a lot of transparency around that. You know, people sometimes are a bit nervous about those sorts of portals. So, you know, there's a lot of transparency. The money will go to where it's needed is my understanding, yep. Yeah, well, I mean, that's one of our main worries is you're right, that tr- the transparency, that's why we want to do it correctly. Youth in Union, we've worked, used them before and, and they work very well, they're very efficient, they've been doing it for a long time. And the Grow Fund, we will only be used to ship goods. They're, they're, that's what it is. And we'll be, we'll be providing reports on that sort of stuff as well. Great. Okay. I'll put a lot of that in the notes from this and I'll get the word out there, particularly in the Australian rugby community, of how they can help in a practical sense. 
Look, I know this is furthest from your mind, but um, can we just touch on a little bit before the tsunami of what's what was happening in Tongan rugby? I know that you were appointed CEO there just recently. Um, was it basically just before that there was a tripartite agreement signed by World Rugby, the government of Tonga, and also the Tongan Rugby Union, and it was basically high-level requirements in terms of performance measurements for the Tongan rugby. And also it was over the period from 2020 to 2024 just to get some good governance around it and have some stipulations about the performance and bringing Tongan Rugby Union back onto the world stage in terms of a performance from a performance perspective and having the required support to achieve that. Obviously this has been significantly impacted, but prior to that, how was the execution of that going with the union? There was a number of things that we had to do. Like 2020, we basically didn't, because of COVID and also because of a number of other things, our fundings were stopped. So we had to re-establish ourselves last year. So for Tonga Rugby, it was a bit of a year of discovery and a year of exploration on how we are going to go about that. You're right, this has impacted it. We were ready to move on a number of areas that we've been working with World Rugby with over the last couple of weeks. We'll still be moving forward with that in a couple of weeks. The main areas that we were looking at to start with was governance. We, what Tonga Rugby needs to do is be represented at the highest level on the Rugby Union, on the World Rugby Council. Mm-hmm. We are not on World Rugby Council, but like say we've got Uruguay, Romania, Fiji, Samoa, etc. They've made the necessary changes to their union to get onto that council. A lot of times that Tongan Rugby Union complains about things that are happening, but you can't do anything about it unless you've got a vote and you've got a seat at the table. So we have the change. We have to change the way we do things to make sure that we're in a position to get voted onto the council so that we can, if we do have issues we want to raise, we can raise them and have a seat at the table so we can fundamentally change the way we go about things. We're well on the way to doing that, but this has probably set it back a couple of months, but we are well on the way. It's a long-term project but we're well on the way to doing that. Once that happens, then I think we're going to be far more stable as far as funding, et cetera, goes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're the smallest country in the, probably in world rugby and our budget at the World Cup is the smallest budget. We've got the smallest population, but we produce the best players. So we have to get an organisation that can support the development and support the representation of those players around the world. So that's what we're trying to do first up. Yeah, great. And Todd, I, I know that you coached at a national level there. Yeah, I'm the head coach. We, we rehired Toto last year. He started on the 1st of April. The reason we're here down in Coogee at Crown Plaza is we're planning for the next two years up to the end of the World Cup. So we've got, well, we had a planning session yesterday afternoon, having some conversations about how we put the plan together for the World Cup and for going forward for the next couple of years. So we've got probably about another hour together before Toto gets sick of me and he goes back to Brizzy, <laughs> back to Bris Vegas, and I'll drive uh, back home over to the right side of the harbour. <laughs> well, listen, that's great news. I, I think that that would be, you know, wonderful for Tongan Rugby to have you at the helm and, you know, really cementing these plans in this strategic direction for Tongan Rugby. So, Todd, I, what what do you do from here? You know, is there an opportunity? I guess this is what you're sort of, you know, talking about today, but with everything that's happened with the tsunami, is there an opportunity for you to sort of be placed elsewhere to continue with what you're doing with the team and with the direction for the Rugby World Cup? No, I'll still continue to coach from based in Brisbane and obviously 
with the travel restrictions, it's been hard to, to get to visit players, but I'll, I'll, I'll still keep endeavouring to do that. We're planning at the moment, actually, our my um, European trip to see potential players for July. With a with a new eligibility rule that was changed last year in November, that's been a real game changer for us. We, we, we're going to get some real quality players through the door now. So I'm hoping to visit them probably in the next month or so to just to lay down a little bit of a uh, plan leading into July, but also leading into the World Cup next year. And so the performance of Tonga in the past, you've, you've made it and beaten some teams in the pool rounds. Is the aim to get to the quarterfinals there? Oh, look, at, at our aim is always to to try and reach the knockout stages. But, look, I think, I think you know, process before results. Yeah. I think what we need to focus on is just playing good footing, trying to do the things that we want to we want to try and do on both sides of the ball and and just building I think for, for us as Tongans, you know, building a real good atmosphere and environment that we can get the best out of the players. And are most of the players, where are they based? I mean, that must be difficult with all of the restrictions and, and everything that's happened. Where are most of the players based? Yeah, look, I think I think if I if I picked a squad of thirty You'd probably find seventy to seventy-five percent of them up in Europe, mm. while the rest of them be probably in New Zealand, Australia. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. I mean, you know, it's 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 a difficult time, and hopefully, as the country rebuilds, you know, the the team can rebuild, and and certainly Tongan rugby can rebuild with yourself, Peter, as CEO as well, leading it, and with that tripartite agreement, you know, in place, hopefully that can be executed well over the next sort of year or so, and and particularly until July. Yeah, I think stability is the main thing. If we can provide stability, then the teams will go well. That's what we need to do. That's all we need to do, stability. Well, guys, thank you so much for talking today. I know you're flat out trying to coordinate everything for Tongan over there. Peter, I hope you can get to see your family soon and go and help with that enormous cleanup that's required over there. And we'll be watching Tongan rugby closely, Todai, um, as you steer them through to July. I'll, again, look at getting as much support as we can for our neighbours in Tonga and hopefully, you know, we can we can get that repair going as quickly as possible. So thank you guys so much and good luck with the rebuild and the repair. Thank you very thank much for you. talking to me. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye. Thanks for inviting us on. See you guys. Bye. Thank you for joining us at Rugby KO. Any comments or insights, please send to Katrina at rugbyko.com. For show notes and more about all things rugby, head to our website at www.rugbyko.com. We look forward to your company for our next episode of Rugby KO.